the uh, East London Elim hub, uh, which consists of Barking and Dagenham and East Ham Elim churches. And uh, those churches send their greetings to you this morning and send their love to you and uh, my team as well uh, also uh, send their love to you and their greetings to you. And some of them you'll get to know uh, over the next few months as they're coming to uh, speak to you and to preach to you the Word of God. And uh, so we're praying for you. Uh, I know this is, uh, is, is a difficult time for some of you. Uh, I know that for many of you, it's like, it's like you've lost someone, isn't it? When, when, when a pastor has moved on, and uh, I know that many of you uh, loved your, uh, pastor, your previous pastor, and, uh, and I know he loved and still does love you. And uh, I know that for some of you, it's a difficult time. And even just coming here and not seeing them here uh, will be difficult for you. Uh, but um, no, I think Colin prayed that the, the, the next pastor is in the pipeline. He is in the pipeline. God has got the right person for this church. Of that, I believe. Uh, I've never met any of you, I don't think. Has anyone ever met me before? No? Uh, but what I do sense this morning is a real sense of love, a real sense of family. Uh, I just want to acknowledge, is the lady here that welcomed me? Is she here in the room? Yes, there you are at the back. I, I didn't tell her who I was when I came in, and she, I said I was a visitor. Which she, well, she asked me, is this your first time? I said, yes, which is the truth. And so she treated me like I was a visitor, which I am, uh, and I just want to acknowledge her and thank God for her and your team of hosts, uh, welcomers, whatever this church call them. Um, thank you so much for making me feel very, very welcome. And I know if you're a visitor here this morning, you will have felt very welcomed this morning by that amazing team. I actually believe the welcomers, the ho- we call them hosts in, in our church, the hosts are if not the most important part of any church. I do believe that. I do believe that. They are the first impression that anybody coming in, anybody trying this church will come across. And, you know, you can have the best preacher, the best worship team, but if someone coming in who's new to faith or new to church experiences a bad welcome, forget everything else. They've already made their minds up. They've already made their minds up. And I, if I were living in this community, I would have already made my mind up within the first few minutes, seconds of me coming in because I felt very welcome uh, this morning. So I just want to acknowledge you, acknowledge that team. Well done. And for those of you that are in that ministry, well done. It really is really, really key. Uh, And uh, we thank God for each one of you that are in this team. And for those of you that are a part of the leadership of this church, keep on keeping on. It's a phrase I use a lot. Keep on keeping on. You know, I do believe that God has got mighty plans for you, for this church. And uh, during this season where you are without a, a main shepherd, a main leader, uh, it is important that you, you, you push in, uh, that you, you support those that are shepherding, you support those within your team in prayer and also in action. And so I just want to encourage you, I hope you don't mind me saying that, uh, but, but please, 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 during this time, push in. Push into God first and foremost. Push into God. Be all the prayer times. 
be at the worship times, be at, the, be at those, uh, what is it, deep well times? The, 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 yeah, the, the, those, those times of real intimacy. Be at them. Push into God and, and support your church. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, that's everybody here. Uh, <laughs> my name's Lloyd. Uh, I'm the, the senior leader of, of Barking Elim Church and the East London Hub. And uh, I have one wife. And uh, yeah, well, be glad to know that. Uh, and, and three children. Uh, my eldest daughter is 24. She lives uh, in Eswatini in Swaziland, uh, which is where we're from. And uh, my, uh, I have a son who's 20, because uh, 20, he's almost 21. Uh, 20. He's married to Gabriella, uh, who's an actress in the West End. And uh, then uh, my youngest daughter, she's 16, and uh, she's at, at college at the moment. Uh, as I say, we're from uh, Swaziland. Anyone know where Swaziland is? Sani Bunani? Woo! Thank you. Oh, that makes me feel at home. Uh, we were Elim missionaries for many years in Eswatini. And uh, so that's where we're from. We've been embarking for, for just under four years and, uh, in East London. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a real great privilege. And so because of that, um, I, was, I was told, and I'll try and keep within my allotted time, but because I'm an African preacher, you know what that means, huh? <laughs> so I need lots of responses. I need lots of amens. And uh, we're going to be here till about three o'clock. <laughs> Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time of fellowship. We thank you for this time of worship. We thank you that you are here. Where two or three are gathered in my name, your word says, there I am in the midst. And Lord, we're here gathered in your name and we thank you that you are here with us. And we pray and we ask you to come and minister to us this morning through your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 So it is now quarter 12, and we're just about to read the word, okay? So after the word, then we can start the time, okay? Yeah? Are you with me? Good, good. Well, as has already been said, this weekend, uh, I think it's a weekend, isn't it? Although tomorrow is Valentine's Day, this weekend is Valentine's weekend, and so uh, it's all about love, and, and that's what I want to talk about today, but my challenge is not how do we love one another, and how do you love, how do you love your husband, your wife? But actually, how do we love Jesus? That's what I want us to focus on this morning. Our world uh, places such a huge high importance on feelings, doesn't it? You know, if you feel this way, uh, feelings and, and emotions, if you feel that we love someone or we love something, um, you know, if we, we, if we don't feel like we're in love with someone, then we, we fall out of love. We kind of jump in and jump out of love for whatever it is so quickly. Uh, and this wor- the world, our society uh, that we live in, um, encourages this being in love, getting out of love, this feeling. If you're feeling like it, then it must be right. Um, you know, and, and I want us to focus on... Uh, love this morning because I believe that love is so much more than what the world says it is. Love is so much more than feelings. 
so much more than emotion. Love is more than feelings, more than emotion. I want you to think about right now, what are the things or persons that you love? Don't speak them out. Just think about it. Just keep it in your mind. What are some of the things that you love? I'm sure right now you're, there's lots of people, lots of things that are going through your mind. I love cake. <laughs> I love cake. I love KFC. Anybody else? Good company. So, you know, I love my wife. I love lots. I love my children. I love my church. I love Elim. We use the same word, don't we, for all those different things that we love. But I want you to think about this morning, those things that you love. And do they compare with the love that you have for Jesus? Just think about those things. Do those things in your mind that you say, I love, I love my car, I love my home, I love my job. Do those things compare with the love that you have for Jesus? And I want to ask you this statement. I want you to think about this. I want you to ask yourself this question. I love Jesus more than, just hold it in your thoughts. I love Jesus more than. Many years ago, there was an advert before we went to Swaziland. I remember there was an advert on the TV, and it was, I, 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 I love chips more than I love my dad. <laughs> I want you to ask, that, ask yourself that question. I love Jesus more than. Okay, let's read the Word of God this morning. If you've got a Bible, turn with me to John chapter 21. I think it's coming up on the screen, is it? Yep. John chapter 21, verses 15 to 20. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take care of you and take you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he will glorify God. And then Jesus told him, follow me. Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved, the one who had leant over to Jesus during the supper and asked Lord, will, who will betray you? Father, again, we thank you for your word. And we pray and we ask you to speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. It's 11.52, let's go. A few days before this incident, 
we see Jesus and the disciples at the Last Supper. Jesus tells them that he's about to leave them, that he's about to die, that he's about to suffer on the cross. He's telling them that he's about to go and, and to suffer this death for them. And Peter declares his love for Jesus, saying that, that no, this cannot happen to you, Jesus. I, I, I won't let it happen to, to you. I love you. I love you so much that I'm prepared to die for you, Jesus. We cannot let this happen. Yet, we know that in a few days, Peter did exactly what Jesus said he was going to do. Jesus says, you know what, Peter, you don't love me that much. You know, because what's going to, you know, you're not going to die for me, Peter, because actually what's going to happen is you're going to deny me three times. You're not going to stop this from happening. You're actually going to say you didn't even know me. So don't say you love me, Peter. Don't say you're going to die for me, Peter, because you know what? Words are cheap. Jesus doesn't actually say this. I'm just surmising. It's not going to happen, Peter. It's not going to happen. Words are cheap. So back to our main story. Jesus had suffered the agony of the cross. He had died on the cross. He had gone through all that he'd gone through. The nails in the hands. I just love that picture as we were worshipping. I just saw that. The nail in the the hands of Jesus. The the crown of thorns on his head. The, The lashings. The spear in the side. Jesus had suffered the agony of the cross. Died, was placed in a tomb and rose again on the third day. And now he appears to the disciples. And now here he is. The disciples had left the upper room. They're out on the lake. And here Jesus is cooking the disciples breakfast. Don't you just love Jesus? Here he is. Cooking the disciples breakfast. And here he has this intimate conversation with Peter, who, some days prior, had disowned him. Imagine being Peter. Now you're faced with Jesus, just you and he. And I want to focus on two key statements that Jesus says to Peter and how they apply to you and I today. Number one. Do you love me, Peter? Do you love me, Peter? And so he's speaking to to Peter, and he asks Peter three times, do you love me? Now note this, Jesus never asks this question ever throughout Scripture. He never asks, do you love me? But here he is with Peter, do you love me? The whole situation here, for me, is a wonderful example of Jesus' grace, his love, and his restoration. Could you really imagine doing anything worse than disowning Jesus? 
And that's what Peter had done. And now Peter stood face to face with the very person that he had disowned some days prior. And Jesus brings that redemption, brings that restoration, brings that relationship back. Because Peter had monumentally failed Jesus by denying him three times. Yet Jesus, full of love, brings out restoration and asks Peter the question, do you love me? Do you love me? He first of all says, do you love me more than these? Remember the question I asked you right at the beginning? Hold on to that question. Do you love Jesus more than? Hold on to it. And so he says to to Peter, do you love me more than these? Who... Or what do you think Jesus was talking about when he says these? I've got two possible suggestions. Number one, Peter and the disciples were fishing. So he could have meant, do you love me more than fishing? Now, I don't know whether anyone here fishes. But for, for Peter and the disciples, this was their livelihood. So Jesus could have meant, do you love me more than fishing? Do you love me more than your livelihood? More than your your wealth? More than your money? More than your possessions? Do you love me more than these, Peter? Secondly, as someone just said, secondly, he could have meant, do you love me more than the disciples? Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these men? Do you love me more than other people, Peter? Do you love me more than these. Now, I know there are many scholars in this room this morning, and so you will already know this, so forgive me for teaching you stuff that you already know, but I want you to note, for those of you that don't know, I want you to note the, this question. The word Jesus uses for love here in the Greek is the word agape. Now, we are celebrating uh, Valentine's weekend, and we're celebrating, uh, put your hands over your young people's ears, we are celebrating Eros love. Okay, that's what, that's what, you all know what that means, of course. Now, we're not talking about Eros love. Jesus was talking about agape love. And so he says to Peter, Peter, By the way, agape is godly love. It is a sacrificial love. So he says, Peter, do you love me with this sacrificial commitment kind of love? This 100% of giving of yourself to me. Do you love me with that agape love? So he says, do you agape me, Peter? Do you agape me, Peter? But note this. The reply that Peter gives is, Jesus, you know that I filiate you. Hmm. In the Greek. Now, those of you that know Greek know that filiate love is the brotherly love. So Jesus says, Peter, do you agape me? And Peter says, Jesus, you know I filiate you. Peter, Jesus says, do you love me with a godly kind of love, this sacrificial, 100%, sold out for me kind of love? And Peter says, Jesus, you know that I love you with a brotherly love. Not full, not complete, not sacrificial love. 
possibly, possibly, let's give Peter, you know, some, some credit here. Possibly he felt, how could he, how could he say that he loved Jesus with an agape love after what he'd done a few days prior to that? How actually could he say, you know what, he felt so bad, how could he actually say, you, Jesus, you know I agape you, when a few days before that he had disowned Jesus. But let's give him a bit of a break. So the challenge for you and I is, do we love Jesus more than these? Do we really love Jesus? Really love Jesus? Matthew chapter 22, 37 says this, Love the Lord your God with some of your heart, with some of your soul, with some of your mind. No? What, what was it then? Okay. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Not a little bit. It's loving God with that agape love, with everything that you possibly have. So my question is, do you love Jesus with that agape devotion with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Full. 100% devotion. Willing to give up everything for him. Willing to say, Jesus, I will give it to you all. I will even die for you. There are men and women, boys and girls, who right now are prepared to die for Jesus. And in fact, in this hour that we've been together, at least one person has died for their faith. Statistics say that one, every, one person every hour dies for their faith in Jesus. Are we willing to say, Jesus, I agape you. Or is it like Peter? It's not quite all. <laughs> you know, it's not quite all. You know, I'm going to keep a little bit back. I can't possibly say I love Jesus with it all. Do you love him more than your job? More than your possessions? More than your car? More than your home? More than your stuff? What if he asks you to give it all up? What if, you know, we can say, oh, no, I love Jesus. I love Jesus more than these things. Of course. Of course, Pastor Lloyd. Of course I love Jesus more than my car. Of course I love Jesus more than my my wage packet this month. Of course I love Jesus more than this stuff. But what if he asks you to give it all up for him? How about your wife, your husband, your children, your mom, your dad, your family, your friends? Luke 14, verse 25 to 26 says this. Many people were traveling with Jesus. And he said to them, if you come to me, but will not leave your family, 
You cannot be my follower. You must love me more than your father, mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters, even more than your own life. Oh, church, you know what? It's so easy to come. It's so easy to come to church, isn't it, and sing the the worship songs, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. It's so easy. It's so easy, isn't it, to sing worship songs. Someone once said that, you know, it's, 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 the, it's the number one place that Christians lie the most. <laughs> it's all about you, Jesus, and all this is for you, as if you should do things. As if I should do things your way. Instead, we sing this song. It's all about me, Jesus. And all this stuff. Nice, comfortable chairs. Is for me. As if you should do things my way. Hmm? Come on. Come on. Come on. Am I speaking truth? Isn't that the song we sing? Hello? We like our comforts, don't we? We think the world so... Do you know what? I used to think, before I became a Christian, some, my wife might, may say that, I still do, I used to think the world evolved around me. I used to actually think that everything stopped when I left. And that the moment I walked into a room, everything would start up again. That actually everything was about me. Well, it isn't. It's not. It's not about you either. Actually, do you know what church is about? It's not about you, it's about the people out there. It is. Oh, pastor, come on, give us a break. No. Oh, pastor, you know what? You're a visitor. You can't be so hard on us. Yes, I can. I'm hard on myself. Because I know too often how I live for self. I know how too often I make this all about me, my comfort, ease for me. When someone doesn't do something I want, I get offended. I, 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 I. Does anyone know, watch Joyce Mayer? You know, she sings this little song, what about me, 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 what about me. You know what, and that's what we do. We, we have this song, it's all about me, what about me, what about me, what about me. What about my comfort? What can I get out of this? We come to church, it's all about me. It's what I'm going to get today. You know, someone goes, oh, the, thank you, the worship was great today. I didn't actually think the worship was for you. Huh? The worship is for Jesus. 
It's not for us. Oh, well, I didn't like, the, I didn't like that song. I didn't like the way that, that person sang. I, I didn't like... Well, that's a good job because it's not for you. It's for Jesus. Huh? Church isn't about us. Yes, we're part of church. And yes, you know, we need to get fed. and We need to have fellowship. And all those things are great. But the purpose of church is so that we can reach out to our community. Be a lighthouse. I think that's what your church is called, isn't it? You know, years ago, if you read the early church, and I know that I'm sure Pastor David would have spoken about this many, many times The church was about the gathering of people coming together, having had a week out on the mission field. That's what happened. (laughs) And the church got together and they were sharing stories after stories, things after, you know, and, and it was all about the people out there, about reaching out, telling people about Jesus, and then they would come together for being equipped. This is all about being equipped and getting fed so that we can go out. Being the lighthouse that Jesus called us to. Which leads me on to my next point, sorry. Next one is, if you love me, then feed my sheep. The second statement, number two, feed my sheep. Peter, if you love me, then feed my sheep. In other words, do what I'm telling you to do. Obey me. The message here is simple, church. If you love me, then show it. If you love me, then prove it. That's what Jesus is saying to Peter. If you love me, then show it. Prove it. Jesus asked him three times. And three times he said, feed my sheep. Oh, it's easy to say, isn't it? It's easy to say, I love you. It's easy to say, I love you. But love is not a feeling. Love is an action. Love is not just a feeling. Yeah, feelings are, are important. We're created with feelings. Don't get me wrong. We shouldn't get rid of our feelings. Feelings are there. Feelings are God-given. We're given our feelings. But we shouldn't be reliant on our feelings because our feelings often can't be trusted. Because we can feel this one day and feel it and don't feel it the next. Love is an action. It's all very well saying I love you, but actually words, as we heard from Peter, at times can be cheap. We need to do what he says. We need to do what the shepherd tells us to do. We need to hear his call for our life. We need to know God's vision for our situation. For Peter, it meant that he was called to be the shepherd of the sheep. What about you? What about you? What is God calling you to do? What is God calling you to do? Maybe, you know what, it's not so, it's not like you're giving it all up and moving to the other side of the world and serving Jesus and having to, maybe it's something small like baking someone a cake. Or, 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 or just being kind to your work colleague. Or when you get on the 
the train, just saying good morning to someone. What is God calling you to do? Well, I can possibly. Why not? He says to me, Lloyd, do you love me? Then if you love me, stop living for self and live for me. Church, if you love Jesus, stop living for self and live for him. I love my wife. I love her so, so much. She is so gracious to me. I can tell you. The, the, she would normally, she would maybe have been with us, but she has responsibilities back in, in our church. But, you know, I love her, and, I'm, you know, and, I, and I would say even more so if she were here. I love her so much. But it's not enough just to say it. I say it all the time. There's a lady in our church, and she often challenges me. and says, Pastor, I hope you've told your wife how beautiful and how much you love her today. I say, yes, Gwen. Yes, I have. And while that is important, and it's good to hear it, if I just said, Joe, I love you, and spend the rest of my day doing what I wanted to do, what kind of love would that be? What kind of love would that be? I remember in our first few years of marriage, I would buy my wife gifts. I would particularly buy her flowers to show that I loved her. And actually realized that that didn't mean much to her. Because her love language was not gifts. It was mine. It is mine. I love gifts. I do. No, next time I come. Cake. I love gifts. It's how I know that I'm loved and appreciated. But for Joe, it's works of service. So when I do something for Joe, when I make her a cup of tea as I do every morning and take it to her, she knows that, I'm, that she is loved. I can say, I love you, I love you, I love you, so I'm blue in the face. But actually, if it's not followed up with action, we know that later on, Jesus, uh, sorry, Peter proved his agape love for Jesus. He proved it by serving him, by feeding, by leading the church, by proclaiming the gospel, by suffering persecution, and finally by being crucified upside down for his agape love for Jesus so that he could say, yes, Jesus, you know I agape you, finally. Peter was humbled by the challenge that Jesus gave He thought he really did love Jesus. But clearly, he didn't love Jesus as much as he thought he did. If you and I examine our actions, do we see that same attitude that Peter had? We think we love Jesus, but actually... uh, you know what, maybe, maybe you know, if you were, were to ever kind of have a video of yourself, of your week, let, let's say that you took a video, someone followed you around this week, kind of one of these day in the life of or week in the life of. I wonder how much of your week you would say you're living for Jesus. I don't want you to answer that question out loud. Maybe 75%. 50, 25, 10. 
You see, our love for Jesus must express itself with action. How much do we love Jesus? So how do we show our love for God? I've just got a few things to rattle through. How, how do we show our love for God? Number one, we love God by getting to know him. Number one, getting to know God. If you're writing notes, write down this. Number one, how do we, how do we show our love for God? By getting to know him. By getting to know him. Proverbs 8, 17 says this, I love, I love all who love me. Those who search will surely find me. Get to know God. If you're here today or if you're watching online, get to know God. Give your life to him. He loves you. He loves you so much that he sent Jesus Christ to die on a cross for you. That you could have a relationship with God. That by giving your life to him, by accepting his love for you, by repenting of your sins, past, present, future, you could know the love of Jesus in your life. You could have a relationship with God the Father. And I urge you, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, you're not a follower of Jesus, or maybe you've gone away from the Lord and you've come back, I urge you today to get to know him. Spend time getting to know him. Which leads me to my next point, number two, spend time with him. For those of us who are followers of Jesus, we need to spend time with him. James chapter 4 verse 8 says, come close to God and he will come close to you. Draw near, the NIV says, and he will draw near to you. Spend time with Jesus. Spend time with him reading his word. Like I say, I can, I can say good morning to my wife. I can say, I love you, Joe. But then if I spend the rest of my day ignoring her, what kind of love am I expressing to her? Get to know God. And so many of us get up, we, we brush our teeth, we put on our clothes, we go to work, we come back, and we fail to ever know God. And all the time, God is saying, hello, I'm here for you. My son, my daughter, I'm waiting for you. I'm wanting you to come to me. You know, God created you for a relationship. That is why we're here. It's for relationship. So get to know him. Spend time with him. Thirdly, obey him. John 14 verse 15 says this, If you love me, Obey my commands. Do what he says in his word. But also, if God is calling you to do something specifically, God is calling you to help the poor, if God is calling you to be a good friend, if God is calling you, whatever it may be. I see the list of people that are, that are needed here in the church, the, 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 the PA people, the technical people, the hosting team, what, the youth team, whatever it may be, ask the Lord, what is it you're calling me to do? And obey his call. Number four, to love God is to worship and praise him. To worship and praise Him. Worship is more than just singing songs on a Sunday morning. Worship, as you know, is how you live your life Monday through to, uh, through to Sunday. 
Oh, it's easy to come here on a Sunday morning and sing a few songs and then we forget when we leave this place, we forget and we live for Jesus here on a Sunday morning between the hours of, of, of as today is, one to, uh, 11 till 3 o'clock this afternoon. Um, <laughs> but you know what? When, when we leave here and we kind of forget all about Jesus and tomorrow morning we get up and we live for self, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday comes and we come back to church and it's all about Jesus, but then Monday comes and we're all about self again. Worship is about living our life totally sold out for Jesus. How you give, how you tithe, what you do, how you drive your car, man. How you live your life, how you stop gossiping. How you treat one another. How you don't share lies about someone. How you love one another. Number five, to love God is to put him first. You must love the Lord with all your heart, we said it earlier, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God. Put God first. I don't know about you, but I need to eat when I wake up. I need to have my breakfast. Why? Because I struggle. I I am in a bad mood for the rest of the day. I I am not good with fasting, let me tell you that. I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not. I'm not a very good pastor because I struggle with fasting. I really do. Sorry, I'm feeling really ashamed but that is the truth I, 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 I struggle I, I do it it's a discipline for me to have to do it I, sometimes I'm like a bear with a sore head and I know that's not the purpose of it but I struggle with it I need to eat my breakfast I can go through the rest of the day but I have to eat my breakfast and as much as breakfast is important to me before that I need to spend time with Jesus I need to spend time with Jesus. So that's what I do. Spend time with Jesus, my friends, first. doesn't have to be for hours. You don't have to get up in the middle of the night and spend hours and hours and hours. If God's calling you to do that, fine. But maybe just five minutes. If that's all you can take at the moment, if that's all you can give at the moment, just spend and you think, oh, I don't even have five minutes, then get up five minutes earlier. Get up ten minutes earlier. But give God the first part of your day. Don't put on the news. (laughs) Seek first God. Number six, love God is to serve him. To serve him. Joshua 22 verse 5. But be very careful to obey all my commands and the instructions that Moses gave to you. Love the Lord your God. Walk in his ways. Obey his commands. Hold firmly to him and serve him with all your heart and all your soul. And seventh, trust God. Number eight. This is the, this is the final one. Number eight. To love God is to care for the things that he cares about. If you're writing notes, then I encourage you to read Matthew 25, 34 to 40. We don't have time for me to read it all. 
Let me just read a couple of verses. It says, For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in to your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. These are the very people that Jesus cares for. Jesus cares for the homeless. Jesus cares for the poor. Jesus cares for the naked. Jesus cares for the sick. Jesus cares for the prisoner. These are the very people, the down and outs, the ostracized of, ostracized of society. These are the people who God cares for. What about you? The orphan, the widow. James 1, 27 says, real religion, real faith, is how we take care of the orphan and the widow. What are we doing as the church? That's what Jesus would do. That's what the Word of God says. How are we helping one another? How are we helping the poor? How are we helping the orphan? How are we helping the widow? How are we helping people? How are we helping the homeless people within our community? How are we helping those uh, young girls who, who are struggling? How are we helping how are we helping, our, and I know I, I, I hear from, from what you're doing, you're, you're, you're supporting the suffering church, but how are we helping the church around the world that are struggling, suffering for their faith? You see, when we care for the things Jesus cares for, we are demonstrating our love for Jesus. And so as, I'm just landing the plane right now. That thing that you asked, that I asked you at the beginning, I love Jesus more than. How are you doing now? Can you honestly say, I love Jesus more than? Really? Honestly? Let's pray. I want you to ask that question honestly. What is Jesus asking of you? What is it that's maybe getting in between your relationship with Jesus? And just ask Jesus right now to help you to put him first. Repent of whatever it is. If it's your job, if it's possessions, whatever it may be. Repent and declare to Jesus between you and him right now that you're putting him first. That when Jesus says to you, my son, my daughter, do you agape me? You can honestly say, Jesus, you know I agape you. So Father, I pray. Pray for myself. I pray for each and every one of us. That we could live for Jesus in everything we do and in everything that we say that we would seek Jesus with all of our hearts, that we would love 
by our actions. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you.